0: Today, we're talking about Jets defensive and special teams free agents on the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast for Monday, January 24th, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from com. thanking you for making this show your first listen every day. What a weekend of football! After a very unexciting wildcard weekend, the NFL was 4-for-4 four four in the divisional round. All four games were classics, including... One of the great games you'll ever see in Kansas City as the Chiefs beat the Bills in overtime. A game that saw multiple lead changes over the final two minutes. 24 points scored in the last two minutes of that game in regulation, and then the Chiefs going down the field in overtime and scoring a touchdown. Listen, we got to do something about these overtime rules. That game should not have ended that way, but that should not take away from what an incredible weekend of football that was. And now after this... Great weekend where we saw all this high-level play, all these clutch plays. Now we have to talk about the Jets. We go from this elite-level football to talking about the Jets. But that's what we do today because this is the Locked On Jets podcast. It's a daily podcast covering the Jets. And today we're going to conclude our series on Jets free agents. We're talking about, and we've been talking the last couple days, about Jets players who are about to hit free agency because they have expiring contracts. And we're going to close out today by talking about players on the defense and special teams. And I know we're cheating a little bit with that classification because on Friday's show, I talked about players in the trenches, some of whom are defensive linemen. But we're going to talk about the second and third levels of the defense today, and then some special teamers who are about to hit free agency. And I think the big name on the defensive side of the ball about to hit free agency for the Jets is Marcus May. And this is a tough situation. And Whenever there's a controversy between a player and a team over a contract, I take the player's side like 99% of the time. If the player's looking for a new contract, and he's talking about holding out, these players always get a lot of grief, but I usually take the player's side. And Marcus May is the perfect example why. For five years, this guy's been a tremendous player for the Jets. Now, I know year two was not great, year five was not great, but this guy did his job. He was voted team captain in 2020, And he's not going to get a payday now. He's not going to get a big payday because he got injured. So to me, players have to take care of themselves when they have the opportunity because you get injured, teams are not going to step up to the plate and say, well, you know, you've been good with us. You've given us loyal service. That's just not going to happen. So Marcus May is like the perfect example of why you should never get angry with a player who wants to get paid. That doesn't mean you have to agree with the team paying a player big money, but you should never get upset with a player who's trying to get a big payday from his team because in the NFL, you're only one play away from having your career radically altered, and that happened with Marcus May when he suffered the season-ending injury against the Colts on Thursday night football this year. He suffered a torn Achilles, which is always a tricky injury to recover from, and May's also going to be 29 years old, which is kind of old for a guy about to hit free agency for the first time. Now, it's not old overall. There are lots of players who play effectively into their 30s, but May was an old draft pick. He was older than your typical player who's drafted when the Jets picked him back in 2017. So this is not your typical player hitting the market for the first time. He is approaching 30 years old. And coming off that type of serious injury, it's probably going to deflate his value on the open market. And this is what always makes it difficult in free agency, because again, you have this guy who... I know there have been difficulties in the last year or so, but a guy who has completely earned a second contract. But you don't pay players for what they've done in the past. You pay players for what they're about to do in the future. And you, here you have a guy who is, first of all, somebody who does not play a premium position and is a solid player, but not a big-time playmaker. And he's coming off this serious injury. He's approaching 30. It's just going to make it difficult. Now, on some level, you may look at this and say, well, the Jets need help at safety, And you know that this guy is a solid player and his market value is going to go down. Maybe he's a good bargain who will be available to the Jets. But there's another factor here. And I think it's pretty clear there's been some bad blood between May and the team because May wanted his big payday and did not get it. And based on everything that's happened, the Jets were not necessarily wrong to avoid giving May that monster contract. Because if the Jets had given May a big extension last year, they'd be in a tough spot because you'd have a guy coming off a serious injury approaching 30 who's getting paid a lot of money and, again, doesn't play a premium position for all of his talent, for all that he's brought to the table. Doesn't play a premium position, not a big-time playmaker, but there's clearly been some issues. I mean, his agent has been vocal in public. It just seems like there's a lot of bad blood. And here's another factor. You know, May's approaching 30. He's never played on a winning team. So if you're Marcus May right now, you may want to go to a team where you have a chance to win a Super Bowl. So all of these things are conspiring. I would love to see the Jets be able to work something out if May is still available. You know, he may not be able to sign with a team immediately. They're, you know, this might be the type of guy who is a free agent into the late spring, into the summer, maybe May, June. Maybe that's what they'll have to wait to sign. There are always these players every year who have to prove that they're healthy to teams before teams are willing to sign them. And sometimes these players can be very effective for you. They can be very useful. I would love to see Marcus May come back to this team but it just seems like there's a lot lining up against it, not least of which is the bad blood between the player and the team. I just don't see it happening. You know, I've heard some suggestions that maybe if he's available into the summer and willing to take a one-year deal that then the Jets will be interested. I just have a tough time believing there's not going to be any team out there unwilling to take a flyer on Marcus May. Some team that's good, that needs safety help, I don't see it happening. I'd love to see it happen. This is a guy who's completely earned a new contract with this team, but I, I don't think it's going to happen for Marcus May. Now, there are some other players who are going to hit free agency for the Jets on the defensive side of the ball. Some of them were supposed to have a big role for the team this year, but did not due to injuries and other factors. There are a couple other depth players, and we'll talk about them ahead here on the Lockdown On Jets podcast on this Monday. Now today we're talking about Jets free agents who will hit the open market when the new NFL year begins in March. And of course, the new regular year just began a few weeks ago, and that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan, because Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution. It tastes so good you'll want to eat it. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And there are so many delicious flavors. These are protein bars, but they taste like candy bars. You can try coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and so many more. Bilt is always coming out with new limited time flavors, so check out Bilt.com often to see what's new. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. Again, it's promo code LOCKED15. It's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D, number one, number five, for 15% off at B U I L T. B-U-I-L-T.com. Thanks again for making Locked on Jets your first listen every day. And the Peacock and Williamson NFL show is going to be on the road in L.A. for Super Week. Follow the Peacock and Williamson NFL show today to get the most comprehensive coverage of the big game. It's free and available on all platforms. And on today's episode of Locked On Jets, we are talking about Jets players who are about to become free agents on the defensive side of the ball and on special teams. Now, in the first segment, I talked about Marcus May. Now we're going to talk about some other players on the defensive side of the ball. And we can begin by talking about the guy who was supposed to be May's partner at the safety position for the Jets in 2021. And that was LaMarcus Joyner. The Jets signed him. Now, Joyner's kind of bounced between slot corner and safety for much of his career. When the Jets got him, he was coming off a stint with the Raiders where he played slot corner and kind of been inconsistent. The Jets were planning to move him to safety. In fact, there were lots of comparisons between Joyner and Jimmy Ward, a safety for the San Francisco 49ers, who Robert Sala had great success with in his defense. And I think the Jets thought they got a bargain with LaMarcus Joyner. Unfortunately, it did not really work out, and it wasn't really anybody's fault. Joyner suffered a season-ending injury in the first half of the first game of the season, It was an elbow injury against the Carolina Panthers, so he never really got an opportunity to play. And to me, this one seems pretty simple. I mean, I think this one's obviously a move on. It just did not work out, and it was nobody's fault. But you look at this situation here. You got Joyner. I talked about Marcus May's age a little bit earlier. Joyner's 31. He's going to be 32 next November. You have to think things are near the end of the line for him. After missing a full season... It's just difficult to see where he fits in. I mean, if he's available, he's probably not going to cost much money. If the Jets wanted to bring him in as a depth player, I could understand it. you want him as a backup because this year the Jets were decimated by injuries at the safety position and got absolutely horrible play, especially after May went down. But I, I don't see how you can count on LaMarcus Joyner going forward. I mean, again, this was kind of a projection that the Jets made. They were hoping he'd fit in the defense and, you know, he didn't even make it through game one. So I just don't see. If you bring him back, it's got to be as a backup. And he he's not going to cost much money. He was on a one-year prove-it deal as it was. So it's not like he's going to be very expensive. But this is a player I think you obviously move on from. Speaking of players you obviously move on from, I think you have to look at Jared Davis. Jets, this was another guy they signed to a one-year contract last offseason. Kind of a reclamation project. Former first-round pick by the Detroit Lions. There was some talk maybe he was misused by Matt Patricia. I'm always a little skeptical when I hear that, but I'll say this for Davis, if there was any coach you could accuse of misusing his players, Matt Patricia would be a guy you could argue. And there was also some buzz that there were some other teams that were interested, so it seems like that theory had a lot of sympathy in the NFL. I have to admit, though, I did not love it when the Jets signed Jared Davis. In fact, if you go back to last March, when the new league year began... Davis was actually the first player the Jets agreed to terms with, and it seemed like a very underwhelming signing at the time. The Jets were hoping they got a guy who fit Robert DeSala's system well, and this was another kind of lost season. He, first of all, suffered an injury in the early stages of the preseason. It was an ankle injury that he suffered against the Packers in the preseason game. And that cost him a couple of months to begin the season. And then when he got in there, he just did not play very effectively. In fact, he was so ineffective that Quincy Williams eventually took over the starting role for him. Quincy Williams, who was a relative success story, you know, a pretty good overall waiver wire pickup from the Jacksonville Jaguars. But you're telling me that the Jets signed Jared Davis to be replaced by a waiver wire pickup, even a good waiver wire pickup from Jacksonville of all teams. I think that kind of shows you the type of season Davis had. He was ineffective against the run. I mean, I remember some of the games after he returned to the lineup before Williams replaced him in the starting lineup. I mean, he was he was a liability in the run game. I mean, he was frequently filling the wrong gaps, which was a chronic issue among not just Davis, but all Jets linebackers this season. I mean, he was a big liability. He wasn't really very good in coverage. It's one of the things in the NFL you'll see is teams draft linebackers with speed and they just hope that they can develop them into good cover guys And frequently, it just does not work. This signing was just a zero. This one is a failure for Joe Douglas. I mean, I don't think there's any other way to put it. Joe Douglas swung and missed at this one. This was a complete strikeout in free agency. Now, only a one-year contract, not the end of the world. But a signing that I, frankly, at the time, was not thrilled with. I thought it seemed somewhat ill-advised. You know, you try and give the Jets a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, which, frankly, maybe they don't deserve. But... Just a signing that did not work out really at all for this team. And then there are also some depth players, particularly in the secondary, who are about to hit free agency. One of them is Javelin Guidry, who got some experience playing outside this year. I think when the Jets signed him as an undrafted free agent a couple years back, he projected as a slot corner and saw some time in the slot, but also worked a little bit on the outside this year. He's an exclusive rights-free agent, so the Jets can bring him back. And if they decide to offer him a contract, he has to take it. I mean, I don't have any problem bringing him to training camp. I don't think that that's the end of the world. I mean, this is clearly not a guy who's a starter and struggled quite a bit. I mean, the, the game against Stephon Diggs in the Meadowlands was pretty infamous when the Jets left him one-on-one with Gidry on a number of occasions. It did not go very well. I mean, I think Gidry has some degree of values, maybe like, I don't know, a number five, number six corner. There's nothing wrong with bringing him to camp. I mean, if somebody knocks him out of camp, then that's fine. If he gets knocked off the roster, you live with that. But, you know, a guy who I think is okay as a bottom-of-the-roster guy and certainly good enough to bring to training camp. I think the same is true of Elijah Riley. I mean, Elijah Riley got a lot of hype. It's a great story. I mean, this is a guy who was a fan when he was a kid. And, you know, you saw during the games, if you watched, they showed the clips of him attending Jets training camp as a kid. He was a big fan. And he could hit, and he made a few plays, but I mean, you look at the Jets' safety play this year, it was not very good, and Elijah Riley was a big part of that. This is a guy who's really done quite a bit, and I don't want to criticize Elijah Riley too heavily, because pretty amazing story to come where he came from to make the NFL, to actually get some playing time after a team suffers some injuries, but this is a guy who's really probably a practice squad level player. So you want to bring him to training camp. I mean, I don't have a big problem with that. You have to remember, you bring 90 players to training camp. A lot of players you bring to camp are not NFL caliber. There are lots of guys the Jets will bring to training camp next year who will be worse than Elijah Riley. But ideally, Elijah Riley at best is probably like a special teamer, you know, a backup who plays sparingly unless you suffer major injuries that the Jets did this year and plays special teams primarily. And special teams is what we're going to talk about in our next segment. We will conclude the show by talking about a couple of special teams free agents ahead here on the Locked On Jets podcast. Now, we just talked about how the Jets maybe misjudged some of the upside on the players they brought in last year in free agency. Now, I want to tell you about an incredible app that lives up to the hype. And everyone who buys gas needs to know about it. It's called GetUpside. And my listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two or $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cashback gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Again, that's code TOUCHDOWN. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Monday, talking about Jets players on the defensive side of the ball and special teams about to hit free agency. We've talked about all the defensive players of significance. Now let's move on to special teamers. And we'll begin with my new favorite player, Eddie Pinheiro. And why is Eddie Pinheiro my new favorite player? He's a kicker who kicks the ball through the uprights. Through Joe Douglas's entire tenure as GM of the Jets, at least prior to signing Pinheiro, he's tried to find a kicker with the biggest leg who could kick the ball as far as possible. Did not matter where the ball was going. It was almost like Joe Douglas did not understand the concept of the field goal, that you have to kick it through the uprights. It's not about distance. It's not about how far you can kick it. And the amazing thing about this, especially this year with Matt Amidola, is Matt Amadola has a huge lag. Matt Amidola can kick it a very long distance. But Matt Amadola, if you look at the numbers, may have been the worst long distance kicker in the league. He was awful from 40 yards and beyond, awful from 50 yards and beyond. What what happens? They let him go, and they bring in Eddie Pinheiro. Eddie Pinheiro makes eight for eight. He's He's good on all eight field goal attempts. By the way, three for three between 40 and 49 yards and one-for-one beyond 50 yards, even though he has a pretty weak leg. That's the point. Find a guy who can kick the ball through the uprights. It should not have taken the Jets this long to find a competent kicker. There are always competent kickers available for cheap. It's a huge, huge... As far as I'm concerned, this is one of the biggest legitimate criticisms of Joe Douglas, because this has been so easy to fix, and he's just refused to fix it. And finally, he found Eddie Pinheiro... And listen, Eddie Pinheiro, he may not be the guy you want as your kicker next year because he can't really do kickoffs. His leg is kind of weak. But you know something? Bring in some competition for Eddie Pinheiro. But after going 8-for-8, bring him back. I mean, this was pretty easy. He was not playing in the NFL. He's not going to cost you anything, hardly. Bring him back. And if you want to have some competition for him, bring in another kicker and let them compete in training camp. Don't bring back Matt Amendola, by the way. The Jets have signed Matt Amendola to a contract to bring him to training camp next year. Why? What is the point? What is Joe Douglas's obsession with Matt Amendola? No, get Matt Amendola out of here. Bring in Eddie Pinheiro, eight for eight. Bring in another kicker who has potential to kick the ball through the uprights. That's simple, Joe. That's simple. But yes, bring back Eddie Pinheiro. He won't cost anything. Bring him to camp. And if somebody beats him out, somebody beats him out. Let's move on. The last guy I'm going to talk about, and this is a very anticlimactic finish, is Daniel Brown, and this is a guy the Jets actually traded during the season. They traded, he was the guy that was sent to Kansas City for Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, the right tackle, and then the Chiefs cut him, and the Jets brought him back. They brought him to the practice squad, and then they re-signed him to the active roster. Now, Brown is nominally a tight end. You may be hearing the name Daniel Brown, and your first reaction is probably, who? He's nominally a tight end, but he's actually played extensively for the Jets on special teams the last couple of years. He played. He was the Jets' special team snap leader in 2020, playing around 75% of special team snaps. And this year, despite being traded in season, he was third on the Jets in special team snaps behind Justin Hardy and Delshawn Phillips. And my view on this is I, I don't really care that much, but it seems like Brant Boyer really likes Daniel Brown, and it seems like Brown plays across a number of special teams units. So, I mean, I don't have a big problem with him coming back. This is obviously not a guy who's going to get a big contract I mean, listen, this guy was traded and then cut and came back to the Jets. So obviously he's not a guy who's very much in demand, but he's not a guy who's going to make a big-time impact. I mean, even I think Phillips, J- Delshawn Phillips and Justin Hardy have a bigger impact than Daniel Brown. But you want to bring him back, fine. I don't have a big issue with it. He'll probably cost the minimum. And, you know, if Brant Boyer really wants him, Brant Boyer can have him. That's all for today's show. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network As always, if you enjoy the show, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. Have a great Monday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Jets.